Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I'm getting to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our communities. What do they do to get started and what do they do to continue to accelerate as leaders in that leadership lane? And today I'm talking to a very special guest as we kick off 2021. I cannot believe we're in the new year. We're going to talk to Mandy Monk. Mandy is the HR director a leader at Wingstop Restaurants. Uh, Mandy and I actually met at one of the Dallas HR events, and I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Super excited and, and excited to be in 2021. Oh, man, me too. We're actually recording this episode in December, um, and we're going to be airing this, uh, I believe it's the second, second Saturday of, of January. But just a real quick shout out. I would just want, of course, we met at Dallas HR, but then later I was visiting with a mutual friend, Beth G, and she said, hey, we need to connect. So I just want to give her a quick shout out. Absolutely. Beth is phenomenal. So I'm glad I'm glad she put us together again. Yeah, isn't she great? So uh, man, listen, I, I want to get into a lot of stuff. We're going to talk leadership. We're going to talk about, you know, how can leaders really get off to a good start uh, in a new year? What, what does that look like? But before we get started, I would love for you just to just share a quick highlight of Wingstop and how do you serve your customers? Yeah, great question. Um, Wingstop is phenomenal. You know, I always tell people that we are a people business that just happens to make wings and fries. Uh, we are really about um, our team members. We're about our brand partners. We're about the community. Uh, we're about the world. Um, and so we stand up for what we believe in. Uh, we're an authentic business. Um, and authentic people, um, everyday people who, who come together to make people happy with, with wings that they serve. And so for us, you know, it's about um, giving back in, in a little bit of a different way uh, from a food perspective, but also an experience perspective as well. So serving the world flavor. Oh, man, I love that. Serving the world flavor. Uh, a couple of words you use there, uh, authentic and community. I always talk about, you know, leaders that make a difference in the workplace and the community. When you talk about community, man, it just, it's just bigger. And, and, and then you said the word authentic. And, you know, every year I like to have like a word of the year. And a couple of years ago, I had the word authentic. I wanted to be authentic everywhere, everywhere I went. Absolutely. Um, it is one of our key values. Um, so it is something that we strive for every single day. I love um, so authentic to us means we're going to be who we say we are from a brand perspective. We're wings and fries, right? And you'll hear me continue to talk about that. We are not claiming to be about burgers. We're not claiming to be about pizza. We're not claiming to be about anything else. So you're not going to see um, a vast list um, from a menu perspective, but we try to stay true to who we are. Um, and we also do that internally from a leadership perspective down to just individual people. Oh, man, I just absolutely love that. You know, you are a business leader serving HR. I, I would love to hear, you know, the Mandy Monk story. Like, where did you where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into HR? Can you share that? <laughs> yeah, so I have a little bit of a different a different story than most people um, and how they started in HR. Um, so I, I'm an Army brat. Uh, my dad was career military. And so I traveled around quite a bit as, as a child um, and then landed back in Texas in a small town um, that, uh, you know, he was a big part of. And so, you know, he wasn't always in Texas, but his heart was in Texas. And so I was in a very small town, uh, graduating high school class of 13. Um, 
And so I tell people, hey, I was valid Victorian and then, but I was like, okay, I'm a class of 13. So it's not quite as, as prestigious as some of the other schools, but it's still something, right? And so, you know, everybody knew everybody. And so you had this level of, you had to be who you are because there was no hiding, right? And my dad had very strong worth ethics from a military and career background perspective. And that started with me, you know, very young. I actually started out in the IT world. Um, and I was um, an IT leader. Um, I was a CIO for an, for an insurance company um, as well. And um, so interesting story. I, I um, did networking. I did programming. I did a variety of things. And how I got into HR is just very different. So um, I co-developed a customs claim paying system for a third-party insurance company here in, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And at the end of that 18-month development cycle, somebody had to train the people how to use the system. And so um, they were like, well, who better to do that than a person who helped develop it? So here I am sitting alongside these individuals who were on green screens, no mouse, multiple keyboards, moving to a newer style system with a mouse and a keyboard and not a green screen and dynamics and all that kind of stuff, training them how to do that. And um, while my help desk had always been very much about training and about knowledge and about helping people. So it wasn't just, let me solve the issue for you. It was about knowledge building for them as well. Um, I really said, I really like this. I really like this helping people aspect. Um, and at the time I didn't really want to have to carry around a beeper um, and all those crazy things back in the day, I'm dating myself. Beeper. Um, what is, we'll what is a beeper? <laughs> yeah, we'll say I started when I was five. So that I makes love it. Sound better. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I, I was a risk taker in my career. And so I actually left the organization um, and decided to go into the training world. And so I went to CompUSA um, and I became a technical trainer for them. So a little bit of a natural shift, right? A little bit. Um, and I got into, I got into that. And then within six months, I was promoted to national director of curriculum, um, for the 160 training centers that, uh, CompuSA had at the time. Um, I got into e-learning, I got into contract negotiations and learning management systems and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was an interesting way to shift into, you know, doing customer service training to doing, um, you know, all types of training, not just technical training. And then, um, and then CompuSA sold. Um, and I decided to take another, another step and said, okay, I'm going to open my own business. And so that was where the business side came from. And so I had my own business for eight years um, in um, IT solutions and in HR or training side of things. So I spent a lot of time in the legal industry, the finance industry, a little bit in healthcare. Um, I did a lot of ethics training, um, fun things like that. Um, but I spent eight years doing that. And I thought, I really, really want to stay more on the training side, but technology kept following me. <laughs> and so I said, okay, how am I going to do this? So I had a friend that called um, somebody that I'd worked with in the past. And she was like, hey, I have this opportunity. And I was like, I think I'm interested. And she was like, I haven't told you what it is yet. And I was like, <laughs> Well, it's working for you, so it's got to be great, right? So she was one of my mentors, one of the people that I really connected with through uh, my life. In fact, she's still a mentor I see. In fact, I'm seeing her in just a couple of days um, to reconnect. Um, she's somebody who keeps me grounded. 
Um, and so um, I went to work for Citigroup. So I sold my business, went to work for Citigroup in a 400 plus training and HR organization. So one of the largest HR organizations I'd ever worked with. And um, I learned all about what was then called performance management. Um, and so I learned about um, assessments and I learned about um, uh, you know, personality tests and things of that nature. And, and I spent a lot of time on certifications and, and learning about process um, for 250,000 people. And so it was a phenomenal place to be. Um, we developed leadership curriculum. We developed every type of training you can imagine for um, such a large organization until the bottom fell out with the subprime industry. And so I left there and I went into the retail industry of all places. I went into restaurants. So for the last 15 years or so, I've been in restaurants and retail focused on HR, HR strategy, um, HR uh, talent acquisitions to uh, really helping smaller organizations and mid-sized organizations figure out how do they grow. Um, and so from my entrepreneurial side, I started up a business again. I worked for Yum Brands. I worked for Brinker. Um, I, were, I did some work um, the last five years prior to Wingstop with my own business in HR and um, having an HR consulting firm. And so really just spent time helping people learn how people connect to business without the fluffy. I love that. Helping people learn how to connect to the business. That is absolutely fantastic. Man, there is so much. So what you're telling me is it wasn't a straight line. No, not <laughs> it at was, all. It wasn't a straight line. And we find that, you know, for, through most leaders. One, one thing that's fascinating to me is that little do you realize all of the training that you're going through. I mean, even having a business for eight years and then going to work for a company like Citigroup. I mean, massive. Like, that's hard. Right. I mean, you like you're you have your own schedule, you have your own autonomy, you have your own thing. You do, And then all of a sudden you're in this massive organization. But look at, you know, all of these different things you've done where it's led you to today. That's in, uh, incredible. Yeah, I have had lesson learned in every organization I've been a part of. And I would say that's the one thing you've got to keep in mind. Right. Is every experience you have is a learning lesson. Um, I'm a lifelong learner, and that's that's the important piece, right? Regardless of, of the outcome, regardless of what you experience, you have learned something in that process. That's fantastic. You know, you talked about earlier, you know, uh, you had you had a mentor that called you and said, hey, I've got a job for you. And you're like, yeah, I'll take it. And you don't even know what it is yet. I love that story. Um, but what I find is that, you know, as, as we look back, we reflect on our careers, um, there's so many people that have helped us get along the way. I, I would love for you to share uh, a couple things. Number one, uh, some just some mentors that have been important in your life. And, and number two, do you mentor anyone? Yeah, great question. Um, so my first mentor was the one that I, I was telling you about. She um, really helped me um, stay grounded. Um, she's still somebody that I think is, is part of my personal board of directors, mm. um, as I like to list them. I have more than one mentor because I think there's more than one thing that I need to improve on, right? And, um, you know, mentors help in a lot of different ways. And so she helps keep me grounded. She's like, okay, Mandy, another move, another change. Are you gonna continue to take risks? She is not as big of a risk taker. She's been with the organization she's been at for close to 20 years. And so, you know, I love to bounce things off her as to, you know, how risk adverse can I be or not be uh, relative to that process. So she's, she is one that I know will lead me straight 
I know that she will give me the pros and the cons, and I know that she will give me her insight at any time in any situation. Um, I have another mentor who was, who was with me as part of my business, um, and she's somebody I still reach out to. Um, in fact, when I sold my business, I sold a big part of it to her. Mm. And so she took over a big part of my clientele um, from the first business that I sold. And so um, she's somebody that, you know, I just go to to bounce the business aspect of things, even today, um, because Wingstop is a business, right? So if I'm thinking about from a business perspective, how does HR connect to that? Um, you know, I, I still need to stay solid in, in the realm of this is a business, right, that, that we are leading. Yeah. Um, but I've had many, many great mentors over the time. Um, and I continue to make sure that I have multiple that, that fit that. And then for me as a mentor, yes, I have a couple people that I mentor inside, um, of Wingstop. And then I also have people that I mentor outside of Wingstop as well. And it's such a, it's such a great place to be. Um, mm. it's a way to give back, right? It's a, it's a way for me to stay fresh because I learn from them as well. Um, it's a way for me to hear other insights, um, and it's a way for them to bounce ideas off of people that, you know, they feel like they can get, um, you know, just a different perspective. No, I love that. You know, uh, we met, I, I mentioned earlier to Dallas HR, and Dallas HR has a phenomenal uh, mentorship program, and I, I was just, you know, I share this with a lot of people that, you know, when I was in college, I didn't think about anything like this. You know, you know today you have uh, these programs that are set up. So you have these, uh, you know, experienced HR leaders that are mentoring these college students. I just, you know, it, it just gives you a whole different perspective uh, when it comes to mentoring. And, you know, Jamie's son and I actually had a conversation about how mentoring many times it's not necessarily formal, but it's right. informal, right? We get mentoring sure. from podcasts, from authors all over the place, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It can happen in so many different ways. And sometimes it can be a surprise, right? What I love, uh, you said earlier, though, you said, I'm a lifelong learner. And I think that's one of the common threads that leaders that are really making impact, really making a difference. They all have that mindset of, hey, just like you mentioned, everywhere I went, everywhere I was at, I learned something. And I, I kind of feel that same way. Isn't that true? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think it, you know, that there are many times when you have good experiences, you have bad experiences, you have, you know, mediocre experiences. But at the end of the day, if you step back and think about two things, uh, which is really where my, my purpose in life falls, which is what did you learn and what legacy did you leave? Mm. Um, those are the two things that really give okay, me say that. Give me say that again. I, I need to hear that one more time. Yeah. So for me, it's two things um, from a purpose in life as I think about leadership. One is... What did you learn in mm. every experience? And the second one is, is what legacy did you leave? Mm. Um, and in fact, I had a conversation with my team um, just last week about a legacy. My team is, you know, we do payroll, we do benefits, we do everything except the, except the learning, learning side as I have a partner to, to share that experience with in this, in this organization. And they're like, but maybe everything we do is just about the day to day, right? And I'm like, but you still leave a legacy right? You touch every person in the organization. You make sure that they have money to be able to put food on the table. You are, you know, you're, you're doing payroll, you're doing benefits. What if somebody got sick, right? So everything that you do, you are touching every individual, every person. And so what legacy are we trying to leave as an organization, as a team? 
um, and as a person, you know, to me, it's about giving back, right? It's about, you know, if I think about my days at Brinker, one of the things that I still get calls about that, that just gives me goosebumps every time I talk about it is that we were able to put a pro management leadership program together that gave college credit. Mm. And so that college credit allowed so many people um, to begin their college career and or to finish their college career. And so I still get calls today saying, hey, Mandy, do you remember me? I was so-and-so at what, whatever restaurant in whatever town. And because of you and the program that you guys put together, um, I was able to get my college degree and I finally got my certificate and here's a picture of it. And, you know, that is like, wow, who'd have thought, right? You can just go into your day and say, I'm just going to develop training, right? Or you can look at it and say, you are helping others and you are creating a legacy um, for other people. And that, that's what brings me passion. And that's what, that's what I look at every single day in every place that I go is what legacy do we bring? Golly, I love this. I'm getting chills. You talking about this, <laughs> you know, a couple things. Number one, I, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned you have this purpose, right? And I know that many times, a lot of people, they, they don't quite know what their purpose was. When did you decide this is my purpose or uh, write that down? Or what was that? When was that uh, in your career? Yeah, you know, you that's, that's great. I, I, I've thought about this a lot. And, and, you know, as I've reflected back on what kind of conversation were we going to have today? And, and I don't know if I was really that forethoughtful of, of actually saying, this is what I'm going to bring every day. I think it just happened, right? I think it, um, you know, if I think about the time that I spent at Young Brands, if I think about the time that I've spent at so many places, I, I still have people contact me um, you know, my friends and some of my mentors say, you know, you've got a great networking. People just know, you know who to contact, you know who to reach out. And I was like, yeah, but how did I do that? Because I'm not really a natural networker. That's just not my, that's not my normal thing. And so I think as I've begun to reflect, and I would say this probably hit me more so with the Brinker situation and with my Young Brands time mm -hmm. uh, and some of the programs that I put together there that I was like, wow, I'm really leaving something with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, it was, you know, it wasn't like, um, it just happened over, over a period of time. I think for me, it was kind of like, oh, the light bulb just went off. And, um, and it was one of those, um, situations where it was like, oh my gosh, like I need to be, yes, I'm learning in every situation, but I'm also giving back to people. So this isn't just about me. It's about a much bigger, broader, um, place. It's about the world. It's about humanity. Um, it's about people. Um, and so for me, it was kind of that light bulb went off and it was like, wow, this is, this is why I do this. This is why I'm passionate. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can't say, say that there was a specific moment, but yeah. I think it just, it just kind of happened. Yeah. I call that finding your lane, you know, when, you know, the, and, and people like it, everybody has this different story. And, and, you know, I like to tell the story about, it was kind of that way for me too, although intentionally, uh, so I started with my career, I was in 10 years of operations management. And then I decided, you know, I'll, I want to pivot over here to the sales and marketing side. I just feel like I need that piece under my belt. Um, and so I decided, hey, I'm going to pivot over here. And, and But whenever I got there, I said to myself, I don't want to be a salesperson. I want to be someone who can really help people and add value. And we'll see where kind of where it takes me. And I remember helping a, a friend of mine, his banker, 
uh, called me and his mom was moving and she just, and she was in assisted living. She needed to move a couple of boxes. It was very small, <laughs> but it was so important. So important to him. And I remember when I said, Hey, don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. I remember the, like the release of the stress. He, he was no longer worried. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this is like, this is my purpose. I can really help people. And then when you talk about, Hey, the, the light bulb went off. Uh, for me, it was about when people would say, Bruce, you're such an encourager. You help people and all that. I was like, the more people that kind of fed that to me, the more I thought, this is my purpose. Absolutely. Is, is Absolutely. That so cool? And that's, I think it was people's stories to me, mm. right? Them, them coming to me and, and sharing their story and, and then telling me that I was a part of that. And I'm like, okay, wow, that's awesome. Right. So, so I totally get you and, and, and definitely feel the same. So that's my leadership lane. I'm going to have to coin that phrase. I'm going to have to use that some. Oh man, you can do it. I, I, I love that all the way. So, Hey, let's, let's talk leadership. And by the way, uh, I, I had one more thing I wrote down while you were talking, and I think I don't want to miss this. Okay. Uh, you said you had a personal board of directors, mm -hmm. and I've heard Tony Bridwell talk. I've heard many, many people talk about that. Um, Tony Bridwell in his books has that uh, written in, in his books about the importance of personal board of directors. Can you just lightly touch on that? How many do you have on your personal board of directors, and do y'all meet monthly quarterly or is it just informally or what, what's that look like yeah great question it's really about your mentors right so my personal board of directors consists today consists of five people um and so it varies throughout my life and throughout my career um and so my personal board of directors are those that really help me through my career and my life and really focus on the things that i want to do next and where do i want to go and help me through certain situations um, there's no real limit um, except to say it should be more than one. Um, otherwise it's a really small board. Um, so the thought, the thought is this really, so for me, as I've mentioned, I have somebody who is focused on making me stay grounded. So I've got that person. I've got somebody who helps me from a business perspective. So I've got that person. I have somebody inside of Wingstop who's my mentor, who's helping me navigate the way in, um, and really understanding the Wingstop way and making sure that I stay focused on, on the right aspects there. Um, and I have one from a personal perspective who really helps me from just, you know, how does my career tie to my life and am, am I still getting all the things I need? I know we're going to talk about volunteering in a minute and that, that person helps me from that. Um, and then I have one person who's just kind of an overall. We don't always all get together. I would say it's kind of a now in, in the course of my life, it's more of a, hey, I want to reach out. It's more informal. Hey, I'm going to reach out when I have a need. Um, and so it's less about the formality and more about, hey, this is happening in my life. Let's chat. Right. Um, and, you know, I think we, we serve each other well um, on both sides of things. Um, you know, I help them. They help me. Uh, we kind of become our, our each other's personal board of directors. Oh, that's fantastic. I appreciate you sharing that because, like I said, this is the first of the year. We're talking about planning. Everybody's goal setting. They're trying to get off to a good start. And I think that's one very important piece that people need to think about is that, you know, you need to you need accountability partners. And that that's exactly what Mandy's talking about, this personal board of directors to help you guide you, um, keep you in the, you know, in that lane uh, for success. I appreciate you sharing that. So let's, let's talk leadership. Um, 2020, what a year. We, oh thank, my goodness, goodness. thank goodness it is over. I would love for you though, if you could just touch on, you know, 
uh, did your leadership change at all in 2020? Did you have to shift and, and, and maybe what were some silver linings? Yeah, great, great question. I would say I never thought I would ever have to create a pandemic policy or a major crisis policy, who, who'd have thought, right, mm. in the HR world. Um, so that was, was definitely different. I think my shift in leadership became much more uh, from an individual perspective and really looking at how do I make sure that the well-being of our organization, of our teams, of our people individually is well cared for. So it's not that we haven't had a wellness program or that we didn't have benefits. It was really um, much bigger and broader than that. It was, um, okay, so what are we doing from you know, a COVID situation? We began, we closed our restaurants early and we closed our dining rooms really early in the process. Mm -hmm. uh, we have said publicly that we were the first ones to kind of close our dining rooms. We will be the last ones to reopen because it's critical to us to have the health and safety of our team members and our guests be critical, right? It's, it's super important. We've been able to shift our business model to support that. And so my leadership has had to adjust to say, what's happening in the COVID world? What is happening with mental health, health mental health? Uh, what's happening with um, people individually? Who are they connecting with? How do we help manage them um, through the, um, uh, the, this crisis that we are seeing, both from an economic perspective, as well as from a, a, a health perspective. Um, it's very different, the, the conversations that I'm having today versus what I was having a year ago. Um, so the, the conversation about wellness and benefits was, you know, what kind of programs are we going to put in place? How can I help you with, with this type of wellness too? I want to make sure that you're going to stay healthy and safe mm. in the environment that we have created. Mm. Um, how do I make sure that when you travel to a certain location, because we're visiting brand partners and we have over, you know, 1500 locations, how do I make sure that, that you are following the rules and the regulations and that not only that, but that you were safe when you travel. And so that's different, right? That's, that's your heart, right? Mm. That's, that's making sure that, that, you were connecting with people about themselves personally. That's not just about the business, but it's it's about, um, it's truly about making sure people stay alive. I love that. I absolutely love, you talk about your heart. You know, the, the totally different conversation, totally different conversation uh, versus, hey, what, you know, where, where, the, you know what, where are we at on this project versus starting the conversation with, hey, how you doing? Yeah, how are you yeah, absolutely and, and and then also how you're communicating like before you might have been communicating uh, maybe at the store maybe in the office what now you're zoom right yeah now we're all zoom uh, we actually send out um, daily messaging um, to our teams uh, because we feel it's important that they stay connected um, for nine months um, we did um, uh, a weekly vlog with our CEO um, and he connected with us on a, on a weekly basis. Now we've gone to bi-weekly, but we do a, a weekly vlog with him to learn about what's happening in the business. And to be honest, the biggest part of that is just, uh, you know, goes back to our authentic side, which is just open it up for questions. He just mm. allowed us to ask anything we wanted to ask. Um, you know, we, we touched on, you know, the health of people. We touched on some deaths um, that occurred. You know, we all got really emotional and really close. Um, and you would think that that would be a challenge via Zoom. Um, but for us, um, because we were already close and because we have this phenomenal culture uh, within Wingstop, we were able to continue that um, through, through Zoom side of things. Oh, man. You know, um, 
I, uh, I heard John Maxwell say, leaders stand up and stand out in crisis. And yes. when you get your CEO uh, on vlogs, on a weekly, bi-weekly basis, that, that's huge. Uh, so our CEO did the same thing. Uh, all of a sudden, he's sending out these messages, trying to just like staying connected. Not only to us, we also have uh, over 400 uh, independent contractor, uh, uh, we call them van operators, our drivers, yeah. uh, that he was, same thing, a, a different message, uh, but connecting with them as well, every week. And, and I think that, you know, when you are around those types of organizations, those organizational leaders, uh, that, that, that's what produces that culture, right? Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. that's fantastic. I would tell you the, the, probably the most impactful thing that happened for us in 2020, at least from my perspective, um, that really touched so many emotions was the social injustice side. Mm -hmm. um, and not to make this about that, but sure. I just want to share with you about how, um, how strong our culture is um, and how important that is to every organization. So when, when the whole Rodney deal came about and, and we had the social injustice, our CEO uh, in his weekly vlog said, we are not going to stand for this. We are going to be a company that stands up and says, no, social injustice is not right. And he goes, and I don't mean just by money, although we will happily donate. We created a task force. Um, we started joining various groups. Um, but he stood up and said, no, that's not who we are. That's not, we, that is, we are not being authentic. If we're going to say as an organization, we're just going to let that hide behind a wall. No, we're going to stand up and say, this is part of this. I cannot tell you how many tears, how many goosebumps. Mm how emotional that vlog was. Um, and from that, we still have a task force today. We are doing so many things. He is um, lobbying for us. Um, he's um, you know, joining various groups to help connect with that. Yes, we are donating to help support that. We are saying that no matter the social injustice, this isn't just about black and white and about race and whatever. This is about just true injustice from a social perspective. And, um, you know, now we even do a bi-weekly vlog that's called Speak Your Flavor. That's not about work. That's just, hey, we want to give people an opportunity to talk about anything. And so um, Speak Your Flavor just means that, hey, we can talk about when, when did you experience some kind of injustice in your world? Uh, we have different topics that come up. It's kind of like the elephant in the room, right? So every two weeks, we bring up the elephant in the room and we say, let's talk about it. And it's not a requirement. It's optional that, that you attend. When you've got something to share, bring it, right? And so uh, it is so cool um, to have something like that that's not just about work, but, but touches us individually. And I'm telling you, we couldn't do that without the culture that we have and the leadership that we have in place. Well, first of all, I thank you for bringing that up. I applaud you. I applaud your leadership. Speak your flavor. That is flavor. fantastic. I will tell you, I, I, I agree. That is a silver lining of 2020. Uh, so I served as president of Dallas HR in 2012, served on the board of trustees for many, many years thereafter. I remember even before that, we had a uh, diversity and inclusion like committee. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, we've always like had that, but like not, there was never any motion. It, it was right. just there. Um, sure. And then 2020, all of a sudden put that spotlight on it and said, Hey, we're going to do something about this. And so I, I agree with you. I think, man, that I really appreciate you bringing that up and, 
And I love what Wingstop's doing in, in that area. And I, I guarantee a lot of people that are listening right now are going to become even bigger fans just b because of that. Great. Um, so, um, you know, like I said, we're, you know, it's a, one thing that I, so I was interviewing um, Melissa Carrillo, she's CHRO in, in El Paso. And, and she was talking, I asked her a question about what's her favorite holiday. You know, it's kind of expecting, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. She said, it's New Year's Eve. And I said, why is that? She said, because it's a chance to kind of set your goals and, you know, it's a fresh start. And I thought, how, man, that's so awesome because I really plan my, uh, I do a lot of my planning during that week as well. I was just wondering if we could talk, just kind of shift a little bit and talk a little bit about um, 2021 and, and what, do, what, do, what do you do and, and, and your leadership what do you do to really get off to a good start? I mean, uh, it, it's like many companies seem to use that fourth quarter for their business planning and say, okay, it's time to go. Um, and then of course, you often you'll hear a president talking about, he's got this hundred day plan to get him off. To, I'm just curious, uh, what do you do in, in your leadership uh, from your leadership perspective uh, what do you do when it comes to getting off to a good start? Yeah, great, great question. I actually am, am working on a lot of things right now as, mm. as um, you know, it's kind of the end of the year and we're moving into the new year of 2021. And I know that, you know, when, when this posts, it'll already be January. But for me, the first place starts with what accomplishments did you have in the previous year? Mm. Um, you don't want to leave that behind. Um, a lot of people look at things and they go, oh my gosh, 2020 was so horrible, right? How do we, how do we get out of that? But there were still a lot of great things, right? If I think about the silver lining would speak your flavor and the social injustice and so many things that, that were a silver lining. So again, it's those lessons learned, right? What were the lessons that I learned in 20, in 2020 that I can carry forward to 21? Mm -hmm. um, so I look at that, I meet with my team and say, okay, let's talk about what are our big accomplishments in 2020? What were our lessons learned? And then how are we going to bring that forward in 21? Um, as we look at 2021, I would say, for me, it's thinking about, again, my legacy. And mm -hmm. not just my legacy, but my team's legacy, the organization's legacy. There's so many different aspects to that. So I build out three, three components to thinking about my 2021 year. What's the organization's legacy that I want to leave? Um, what's our, my team's legacy that I want to leave? And then what's my personal legacy from a personal perspective? And that's how I kind of build my goals um, and my focus as I think about going into 21. Um, so I've you know, really begun to think about um, for myself from a personal perspective is you know, how do I continue to give back? Um, how do I continue to grow Mandy? Um, mm you know, um, how do I continue to, you know, use my personal board of directors? How do I use the people around me to continue to uh, improve and um, become the best me that I can possibly be both personal and, and professional wise? From an organization perspective, I think, you know, Wingstop's in a phenomenal place, but that doesn't mean that we don't have work to do, right? Mm. Um, and as I think about 21, there was a lot of hardships in 2020. How do I make sure that people are still whole in 21? How do I make sure that we are looking at all aspects of a person's life? Um, and how do things change, whether it's from a benefits or a personal perspective? Um, there's been so much change in 2020. It's, you know, how do we make sure that we're communicating right, that we are um, really looking at people and how do we touch them? And then from a team perspective, you know, I always want to get back to my team and I want to think about 
the legacy that I want for my team is how are they growing and developing and um, what is their legacy? How do I help them make sure that they have their own legacy that they are leaving and that they, they find value in what they are doing every day? Wow, the, the man, let, let me tell you, that, that's fantastic. This is, folks, this is gold. If you're listening on the podcast or you're watching here, write this down. Make sure you've got your journal. You may want to re-listen uh, to this. This is absolutely fantastic. I love how you talk about, you first talk about reflection. Reflection. It's so important. I think you're right. A lot of people are just like, let's just move on. Forget about it. But you really need to look back and try to look at what were some of the good things you can pull out. Hey, what were some of the mistakes and failures you made that you, that you can learn from and then just kind of move on? Uh, absolutely love that. I want to I, I want to touch, though, on uh, you talked about growing yourself and growing your team like that right there just got me energized. Um, I'm curious, do you, does Wingstop have a leadership development program? We are, we've had one in the past and we are working to um, redo a lot of things with, with our leadership program. So we're doing a lot of work with the table group. So Patrick Lencioni's um, group, we focus a lot on the ideal team player. So humble, hungry, smart, mm. and um, that's a big focus for us. So we're working to kind of expand that and, and grow that um, in the organization where we are today. Oh, that's fantastic. I love his uh, podcast at yeah, the table. He's, he's that, yeah, that's fantastic. So, okay. So I know that um, I have some questions down here below, but I want to go ahead and ask you, uh, how do you, how do you like, how does, how does Mandy grow in 2021? Like what are just kind of high, high level, a couple of things? Yeah. Great question. Um, yeah. How does Mandy grow? Mandy grows um, by really looking at um, herself personally um, and what's going on in my life. You know, I'm really grateful for my family. I'm grateful for, for a lot of things that, that have happened. Um, I'm grateful that I'm a big risk taker when it comes to my career. Um, and I would say the big things for me would be, um, really stepping back, um, and looking at the 2021 year to say, um, how does Mandy get more strategic? Mm. Um, I know that may sound funny because I talk a lot about strategy and I talk a lot about direction, but for me, strategy is where I thrive. Strategy is where I love to live. Execution is, is a huge part of that, right? But, but I need my team to really execute. Um, I've spent a lot of 2020 in the, in the weeds. Um, mm. And so for me this year is to, uh, for, for the 2021 year is to come up out of that. Um, and let my team drive um, the things that we have set set forth. And so my personal side is really to, to begin to, to work on my balancing. Love that. I absolutely love that. And, and I think that a lot more leaders um, have that common thread of really spending time on strategy. That's hard to do because you're just busy. Like, if, yeah. if we put all of our things we need to accomplish that day, we, there's no way we can accomplish everything. So we have to try to figure out where can we find that time to really think through some strategy. And I think that when we get to that point, we can really move those rocks. But until we get to then, um, but, you know, of course, that takes a strong, strong team. Sounds like you have a pretty strong team around you. I think so. Yeah, they've, they've come a long way. They've done a lot this year um, and in 2020 and are going to do a lot in 21. And, and I think it's just continuing to grow them and develop them and get them to be the best of themselves. So uh, one of the questions I like to ask around leadership development is uh, I've heard in the past, you know, this myth around, um, hey, 
we don't really have a leadership development program. And, you know, so, so for people that would say, hey, Mandy, we, we, we don't really have that. How, how would you, how are some different, uh, what are some different strategies that you would recommend or share with someone that you knew on how they might skill up in their own position? Uh, it doesn't really matter, like really where they are, just what are a couple of things they can do to, to skill up on their own? Wow, that's a, that's a fantastic question. There is so much available out there today. You can learn so much, um, you know, whether it's through your podcast, it's through somebody else's podcast, there's free programs and courses out there. Um, I would say just ask, mm. right? Just ask people, ask your network as to, you know, what can you do about X? Um, but I think that goes back to making sure you know what your goals are um, and that you know what direction you wanna go. And so if you wanna grow in a particular area, I think you've got to use every resource you have, whether that's people, whether it's um, uh, your family, whether it's your work side, whether it's um, online and finding resources. There are tons of things that are available. There's books. Um, there's all types of things in different ways that we learn. Um, and you've got to use all of your resources to make sure that that happens. Okay. Two words. Just ask. I absolutely, that's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the areas that a lot of people don't talk about this, and uh, because I've been in volunteer leadership for so long, and today, of course, serve with Texas Sherm, um, one of the areas that people don't think about is volunteer leadership. And, you know, early on, I remember uh, it was more of a, hey, do I have time for that? Uh, and then years later, after seeing my growth, I'm like, uh, the investment is just incredible. I know you also do some volunteering. As a matter of fact, I was looking on your LinkedIn and I mentioned to you, uh, uh, you volunteer for organization, is it CASA, C-A-S-A? Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that organization is all about and, and why, why you think it's important to volunteer? Sure. Uh, so CASA is um, child advocates. Mm. Um, so we are special appointed advocates. Um, we um, support um, children who have been removed from their homes um, and, and are in cr critical situations. Um, so they have been removed by CPS uh, for one reason or another. And so our role as CASA is to be that child advocate. Uh, we appear at court for them. Uh, we visit them in whatever location they are in. Um, we share with them um, and learn experiences to ensure that they can get the best life possible um, through whatever that may be, whether it's fostering or living with another family member or being reunited with their, their current parents and or family member that they happen to be connected with. Um, for me, I've been volunteering for many years and doing lots of different things. I mean, Yum and Brinker are huge from a volunteer perspective, as is Wingstop as well. Um, and I always went in very much like, like you had said, right, it's about time and do, do I have time to do this? And, you know, I, I, I put a lot of things together and said, okay, everybody go. And then I would be like, oh, not me, right? Or, or hey, I get to go for the one hour and then that's the good thing. But, you know, CASA really touched my soul. And mm -hmm. I think I was really looking for something that touched my soul and would only, you know, with, with volunteering leadership, um, you not only get and you receive things, but you're giving um, mm -hmm. in return. And um, it, it's pretty important. Um, it gives me it gives me goosebumps. Um, it's a it's a hard a hard place to be because you want to adopt every one of the kids that that come out of there, um, at least for me. But you know some experiences that I've had in there that I would tell you you know touched my soul. You know one of the cases that I had was 
a little seven-year-old girl. Um, she was with um, her grandparents. Um, her, her mom and dad were not in a good place. And um, she'd been removed from her grandparents' home. And um, she'd never been to a mall. And I was like, what do you mean you've never been to a mall? We live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right? How could you not ever have gone to a mall, right? And so I took her to the mall and she was just awed by that. I took her to a restaurant that you had to use napkins in, in your lap. And it wasn't like overly, um, you know, it wasn't like a five-star dining restaurant. It was just a restaurant that had a cloth napkin, right? And teaching her those things. I, uh, you know, she loved to bake cupcakes, but they didn't have a real oven um, in their, in the location. And so I bought her an easy bake oven, um, as a way for her to do that. I took her to sprinkles so she could learn about baking ovens. And, and I said, you can pick any flavor you want. And she was like, I would like vanilla. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, it just comes down to choices. Right. And so for me, it's like, wow, like I really worked with her on, she was a phenomenal reader well above her age group. And, and I was like, you know what, reading is a way for her to get and learn and experience other environments. And so I really encouraged that with her. And I took her to the bookstore and we bought all kinds of, you know, personal books that she really loved. And then we got her some educational books as well. And, and you know, just different ways um, of giving back. But she she really touched my, my soul. She was in uh, foster care for 345 days um, before she was, uh, she found a new family and, and she is connected and um, she will be a part of me forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just something that you will never lose. Right. Like, I mean, she has, she has changed who I am. Like she is, she's changed a different part of that. And so I think for me, volunteering is less about you get your one hour a year or two hours a year. It's, it's find something that touches your soul. Mm -hmm whether that's bowling with the, the junior achievement league or, you know, because you love bowling or it's a little brother, little sister, it doesn't matter what the program is. It's just find one that connects with you. Um, and I think that's what I was looking for um, all those times. And, and Casa has been that for me. I can tell, I can tell you found that. And I, man, I appreciate you sharing that. If someone, uh, well, let, let me ask this. Uh, how long have you been involved with that organization? Oh, four years, five years. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. And how did you find it? Did You know, interestingly enough, they were doing a, um, um, I do the one that's Lone Star Casa, which is a part of the, the counties that I'm, that I live closest to. Okay. And yep. um, they, um, they did a little seminar here locally. And I was like, I'm just going to go and see what that's about. I've never heard of that. And so I went and um, I really connected with the, with the leader there. And um, I was like, maybe I should be on your board. Maybe we'll talk mm. about that, right? And then she was like, well, you know, we want people to experience it as a volunteer first. Maybe you could become a CASA first. And, and you know, and we think that we would value you um, much better that way first. And so I was like, okay, so it's 30 hours of training um, that, that you go through, it's pretty significant because obviously you're, you're involved in a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that's a big commitment. Um, can I do that? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, wow. It, it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Wow. What a, what? Yes. Big investment, but bigger return. Absolutely. Um, wow. That, listen, that's fantastic. Okay. So for someone that doesn't know about the organization, and I appreciate you sharing this so much. Uh, if somebody wanted to learn a little bit more about that organization, how would they get in touch? Is there a website? 
Yeah, there's multiple websites. So um, there's casa.org. Um, there is lonestarcasa.org. That's my that's my county's. Um, but there's you know a Collin County um, version. There's uh, a, Dia, a Dallas version. Uh, like I said, there's Lone Star, uh, which is Rockwell Kaufman, uh, Forney. Um, what else is there? Rockwell Kaufman. And there's one more county in there. I can't think of it at the moment. Um, but there's multiple versions. If you just go to casa.org, it'll tell you all about the organization. Um, and you can you know choose your level of involvement. Um, and how much you want to you want to get in, involved in that. Um, they do a lot of fundraising um, as well, obviously, and um, you'd be surprised by the number of cases they have a year and the number of families that are, you know, that have had somebody removed from their home. So that's fantastic. I really, really appreciate you sharing that. I will make sure that those websites are in the show notes so people could just click onto those links and find out more information on how they might be able to learn a little bit more about the organization and, and possibly even get involved. Um, as part of their plan for 2021, as we talk about um, how to get off to a great start, and I think volunteer leadership is just one of those ways that you can grow and it costs you just your time. But I, right. I love what you said though, um, Mandy, you said basically find something that you, you that touches your heart, right? That, that energizes you. I always like to ask the question, um, and I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you now, what, like, what energizes you? Um, I think giving back um, in a variety of ways, right? It's developing people, it's about finding that le legacy, it's about, um, being passionate about people just in general. That's what energizes me and gets me up every day. Um, and just, you know, finding that, that new thing, right. That can, that can have an impact on somebody. Well, you're energizing me. I'm going to tell you that right now. This is absolutely fantastic. Um, and the reason why is because you have so like, I can like feel through, I mean, we're talking through a zoom screen and I can feel your energy. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, you know, we talk about leading our, our teams and, you know, you, you talk about your organization, you talk about your teams. Um, let's talk just a, for a second about leading Mandy. And, and when, uh, one of the things I do is I like to talk about um, is, you know, I like to try to pull something out from my guests on maybe a discipline or a leadership practice that you might have in your daily routine. I was just curious if you could just share you know, what is, what is the day in the life of Mandy Monk look like? Um, is, is there something you do every day that keeps you on track? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. <laughs> I would tell you 2020 has been a hard year. So I'm hoping 21 is going to be a little bit different as, as we think about that. I would say for me, it's um, reflecting. Um, so I do, I do something that I learned at Yum Brands, which is called detox, um, a mental detox. So at the end of every day, um, because our days can be so crazy, um, I, at the end of every day, I say, what did I accomplish today? Regardless of whether it was on my to-do list or not, what did I accomplish? Um, and what is my task for tomorrow? Mm. Um, and then I reevaluate that the next morning. Um, and so I feel like um, that gives me a bit of reflection. It gives me a, a bit of purpose. Uh, and it lets me shed whatever may have happened during that day um, to be able to start the next day solid. And so, you know, as, as you know, things happen, 
right? Mm -hmm. And we never get everything off of our to-do list and we never always get to check off things, but that doesn't mean that we didn't accomplish something. And so it's important to, you know, as we are people, we're, you know, instant gratification kind of people, right? And so if you want that instant gratification, and I've shared this with so many people, for me, that was one tool that I took away from outside of the box. We called it APR, which was achieving breakthrough results at, at Yum Brands. And it was the one tool that I took away that I still use today. Um, there are more, more tools that I that I use as well. I think there was 150 tools in that in that particular <laughs> program. Um, but that one, um, as well as pose the impossible, but that that particular tool was one that I use and I share with other people um, because it really allows you to to step back and say, I really did do something today. Yes, it wasn't about my to-do list, but I accomplished a lot. Mm. Um, And this is how I'm going to move forward with the next day, right? Mm. And then if you continue to do that, it allows you to, it allows me at night to step away from the work and really Mm. have my family time Mm. and have my me time. If I didn't, I'd be thinking about, oh, I didn't do that or, oh, this was next on the list. And so that allows me to say, yep, I accomplished all these things. I feel great about that. And here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Mm. And so I can easily step away from my desk or my office or, or what have you and feel like tomorrow's another day. Oh, man. People, you need to write this down. Mental detox and ABR, achieving breakthrough results. This is Man, this is absolutely incredible. And, and you're right on. I, I try to do the same thing. I didn't frame it like that, but I may be using those terms. That's, yeah. uh, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about the podcast is I learned so much. Every, it seems to me like there's so many different ways of having success. You have to find what works for you, right? Find your mm-hmm. lane, right? And so for you, these are, this is what works for you. And I I, I love it. Oh, man, this is so good. Oh, now you've given some great advice today. Um, And I'm just wondering if you could share or is there anything else that you want to share that maybe some advice that you were given? It was so good. You just find yourself given that advice. It may have been from a family member or someone you worked with. Anything that you want to you want to share? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to be true to yourself. Mm. Um, this isn't about following somebody else. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I feel has made me successful is that I've charted my own path. Um, and that your path is going to be different than my path, Bruce, um, just like somebody else's path is going to be different. And one isn't right or wrong. It's just what's right for the person. Right. And so, um, don't try to live somebody else's life. Be true to yourself. Mm, That's fantastic. That's gold. That is gold, man. That is fantastic. Oh, you know, I always uh, share with guests that the time will just fly by. And again, once again, it has. I've just loved the conversation. Uh, but I want to shift over into uh, it's time to accelerate uh, as we uh, accelerate towards the end of the podcast. Um, I just I love to ask the question, do you enjoy reading a book or listening to a podcast more? Oh, probably reading a book more. Um, podcasts in the car. Ah. Um, I do podcasts in the car or I find uh, opportunities to, to do podcasts when I am multitasking. Um, but I'm a huge book reader. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I would say both, but, but a book is, is tends to be more my, my path. I would, okay. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, tee you up on this, but I'm, I'm just curious, any, books that stood out in 2020 or any books you plan on reading in 2021? 
Oh, I don't have any slated for 20. I take that back. The one I'm slated for 2021 was Matthew McConaughey's newest book. Um, green lights. And he, yes. And he Catching green lights. Audio. Yes. He has an audio version that I've heard is phenomenal. So I normally don't do audio versions of books, but I'm, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try to do that one. Um, oh man. I love his voice anyway. So that'll be helpful. Me too. Um, oh man. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I'm going to put that down on my list. Cause I would love that. I don't normally do a lot of, I do one audible a month, I think, but that would be one I'd want on audible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've heard it's really good. Uh, for 2020, I would say I focused a lot on Brene Brown. Mm. Um, she's had a lot of really good messages. She's got a little, a lot of really good one-liners, um, really good, simple messages. Um, so I've, I've read her books multiple times this year. Um, um, and I think they've helped me both personally as well as professionally. Um, and I hear a lot of people connect with her. Hers are easy reads, very similar to Patrick Lencioni's. Um, and, and that those are the kind of books that, that I connect with. Yeah. Yeah. That's fam. That, that's fantastic. Um, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of the silver lining. We've talked a, a, a lot about some things you're doing uh, to, to get off to that great start. What, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. Um, you know, I, I had a big loss about three years ago and it really changed my life. Um, and, you know, as I stand back and I look at my kids and I look at my mom and, you know, she's 75 um, this year and she lives, she lives close by me uh, on my property. And, um, you know, I think about how she connects with them and how we all connect together. And, you know, how do we just get by day to day in this crazy world that we are living in right now? I just think about, wow, I'm really grateful to have a, fa a family that I can connect with, that I can talk to, um, that I can be myself in. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. Okay. So 2021 is here. Yes. We've talked a lot. I know you're, you know, we're recording in December. So you're still thinking about some different things. I would love to know what are you most excited about in the year 2020? What are you excited about the year ahead? You know, this is going to sound strange, but I'm, I'm really excited about normalcy. Um, I'm hoping that we get back to some level of normalcy. I mean, I think it's going to be different, but I think we, we need to find our new normal. And so, you know, I use that term a lot when thinking about grief and, and other aspects um, through life. But sometimes when you go through a crisis and you go through this pandemic, it's not about getting back to exactly the way that it was before. It's about creating a new normal. Mm. So I'm most excited about creating a new normal in 2021. Hmm. Creating a new normal. Oh man, I got to write that down. That, that's fantastic. Oh, so good. Um, okay. So I, I, we're down to the final question and I love to ask this question to all of my guests. And the question is Mandy, that's 10 years older. She's knocking at your door right now. And you answer that door. What is she saying to you? It's okay to take risks. Um, I was very, I, I took a lot of risk really young in my career and lately I have not taken as many. And I would say the 10 years from now, I think, I think she would say to me, that's okay. You've survived that. You've been there. You've done that. You can do that. And it's okay to take risks. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I've never been a real risk taker. Um, I've been an educated risk taker to where I, I knew that, okay, there's a good chance this is going to work out. But um, no, that, that's fantastic. I, I, I appreciate that. And 
Uh, like I said, I, the time goes by so fast, but I just want to say, oh man, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your perspective. I know people are going to get a lot out of um, a lot of the things you shared, uh, in particular, uh, some of the things that are going on at Wingstop that you guys are doing phenomenal, especially around social injustice issues. Yes. Um, and then, and then, you know, getting out of the gate and really building momentum in the year 2021. I think there's some things that you shared that is just going to be so impacting. Um, and so I appreciate that. So if somebody wanted to follow you or learn more about you, how, how would they, how's the best way they should connect? Yeah, I think through LinkedIn is the best way. I'm on there every day. So um, yeah, just reach out through LinkedIn. Happy to connect. I'd love to network, love to connect with more people, love to chat, mentor, whatever that might be. So just reach out to me on LinkedIn and we can go from there. Mandy, you are driving in the leadership lane. You know, talk about one-liners. I have on my sheet of paper, I have so many one-liners down. <laughs> I absolutely love, appreciate you sharing um, and being on the show. And I just, I can't wait to share with everyone. I just want to wish you uh, success and the very best in 2021, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and thank you. I'm wishing you success as well. Awesome. See you. All right.